You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Oh. Hey, hey, Mickey, you're flossing on camera. That's uh, a how, first. Uh, haven't you heard the news, Bob? About dental floss? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, about gum disease. Oh. Gum disease causes Alzheimer's. Oh, does it? Well, that explains yeah. a lot. And I don't want I don't want to get Alzheimer's. So I'm afraid I'm gonna to have to be flossing this in this entire podcast. I floss 24-7 now. I can never stop. You know a weird thing about me that makes me very happy to hear this news is that although my teeth are like a disaster area, they're like eligible for federal funding, probably. Dentists do comment on my gums being fundamentally in good shape. They do. That explains my alertness and my sharpness. My teeth are like the Golden Gate Bridge. Once I reach the end, I have to start all over again at the other end. (laughs) You're talking about painting the Golden Gate Bridge. That's what they used to say about painting. That They would say they painted it all the time, which they more or less did because they had to sandblast it. It's a big bridge. I used to live there, you know. As you know, uh, I'm developing the early symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. I realize and that, yes. We've, we've discussed that. Have we not? I, I oh, well, have, you wouldn't I, remember, but we I have, have to, yes. I have to eat some shit today, and I I remember, I distinctly remember I had to eat some shit a few weeks ago, but I forget what it was about. That's well, how effectively I ate so the shit. so long ago, you had to eat shit about replacement theory. Are, are you having to eat shit about the 10-year-old's abortion this time? Oh, that was it. That was it. Yeah, that no, was that a serious... Was, that's this week. That's this week. No, replacement theory was it was replacement theory. Oh, okay, was, yeah. No, the ten year old is this. I week. think it was. Yeah, because it was a serious <laughs> deal. This is this sorry, I shouldn't laugh thing. about either of these subjects. I'm not. I'm laughing about the state of your brain. The, which should, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about either. None of this is funny. The, I don't know what's going on. The 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 uh the the abortion story, uh, which I was wrong about, was uh, there was a story in the Indy Star saying that there was a, a doctor in Indianapolis who performed an abortion for a 10-year-old who had to travel from Ohio because mm-hmm. she'd been raped, but she was three days late for the Ohio law. So she, Indiana, Indiana abortions were legal, so she had to travel. And various, um, this, 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 when spread, even though it was just the lead of the piece, it was just a couple of paragraphs, spread like wildfire, uh, and it made it all the way into Joe Biden's speech and all this poor 10-year-old. And then uh, a blogger, uh, uh, a uh, tweeter on the right began to raise doubts about it, pointing out that there was, you're required to file a police report and there was no police report filed. So, you know, there was, was the this? theory that maybe the whole thing was fabricated? Well, I thought maybe the whole thing, that this child didn't exist. Yes, mm. I, I bought into it. That much, I, I wouldn't have bet on it, but I, I I definitely made jokes about how it was Jimmy's World, too, in the Janet now Cook there, story. There's something we'll have to explain uh, for our younger viewers, so, probably. Uh, but that was Jimmy, a Washington Jimmy, Post story that ter- uh, turned out to be fake after he won the Pulitzer Prize. But go ahead. Right, right. Anyway, uh, and then uh, like Obama's birth certificate, right after not just me, but but Fox and uh, Jim Jordan and various. High political officials, Christy Nome had cast had gone much further than I did. And just said it was false. Uh, although I went too far, uh, uh, said it was false. Uh, like Obama's birth certificate, the police arrested the rapist, uh, and uh, he's. Uh, uh, so anyway, so that so this the abortion doctor is vindicated. She apparently did actually perform perform the abortion. Uh, one questionable, there are a couple of still questionable aspects of it. One is, how can you tell us somebody's three days past uh, six weeks? You really can't, I don't think, with any precision. So, Mickey, if now, I had let go of this one, but go ahead. No, no, no. What but, are if the you're, new but, if you're, but if you're a doctor, you don't want to take the risk, right? That some vindictive prosecutor is going to go after you. So, right. there's that. And the Ohio law, the Ohio authorities would say, well, she could have had one here. There was a there's a provision for, you know, where it's risky to the mother or might cause irreversible damage. Well, you don't want to take that risk either. I mean, you have to prove that it would cause irreversible damage. It's not like a blanket exception for rape. Boom, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, 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 but the weird thing is, why did they delay so long 
in in filing the charges. And it does not seem to be the leading suspect in this, and I don't know what the situation is. The leading suspect in this is not that he was an illegal immigrant and it was and people were worried that if he's you know he might be deported, uh, uh although if he's convicted he's gonna spend a long time in prison. Uh so uh there's uh that that was my first thought, but then there was this Univision interview with the mother where she said my daughter's okay. Every he's a fine man. Everything they're saying about him is lies. So she has great seems to have some at the moment uh, affection and loyalty to this guy who's accused. Hmm. So how did he? Is it one of these complicated family situations where you know there's a little incest in the family, and you know, uh, or 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 uh, you know, is it why did the file? Why did the charges get filed? Did the charges get filed because there was such a Ruha over this thing that she didn't want to file that they sort of made her file them or could they filed them on their own? Well, first of all, I mean they're they're, uh, sa- they're not saying this was just statutory rape, right? It isn't just by virtue of the child's age. Unclear. Oh well, that maybe that's uh, they, that, that I mean, would explain stories, everything, right? Some of the stories use the word attacked, mm. uh, which would imply rape, rape, as some failed Republican senator, Senate candidate, famously said. Uh, but uh, but um, I, I haven't seen any real allegations that it was anything other than statutory rape. Uh, so anyway, that's the story. I was wrong. I bid on a conspiracy theory I shouldn't have bid on. It was a fun conspiracy theory while it lasted. Uh, it was very. It was similar to Obama's birth certificate in that. Uh, not, not that was always crazy. That was never a plausible conspiracy theory, but. They waited and waited and waited, then lowered the boom on the conspiracy theorists. Um, anyway, that's that's what I have to eat shit about. Well, Mickey, speaking of puzzling expressions of forgiveness by family members of victims, how's that for a segue? <laughs> Are you okay? I, I wonder where this is going, but go ahead. <laughs> I hadn't planned to bring this up this early, and I, I we don't just get it into much. There's this headline in the. Uh, in the Atlantic uh, today, Jamal Khashoggi would, quote, forgive, unquote, MBS, his widow says. Now, interestingly, uh. this is from the Atlantic. Okay, it's an Atlantic headline. Who wrote it, the story? It appe- uh, Well, Graham Wood, who has a past that I'd be happy to talk about either now or in the parrot room. I'm not saying it's a bad past, but it's a past. It's a, it's a, it's a prominent past. Uh, the editor of The Atlantic is Jeffrey Goldberg. Um, interestingly, uh, today is the day, if you're, if you're somebody who wants to see the U.S. and Saudi Arabia mend their way, uh, you know, mend their relationship, today is the day you would want this published. And it turns out the interview it's based on was done last month. That's weeks ago. And yeah. Oh, so they held it. They, so they held, held it. it. They so held it. They held it for the prominent newspaper. I can't blame them for that. That's one theory. But do you sit on actually? It's news. It was news when they when they got it. That's news. Doesn't a journalist go with news? The Atlantic. It's not like it's a monthly anymore, Mickey. Well, it's a question: Were they saving it for the magazine? That's an interesting. Question. I don't think. I don't think it's yeah. in the magazine. It's it, um, look. I have a more nefarious theory, but we'll save it for the parrot room. I, Apparently, it, it hasn't occurred to you. Well, the very serious that he wanted to boost MBS. This is like. Uh, this is the first bank of the triple bank shot. Okay, okay. You, you, you've gotten that. Far. I want. I want we'll to know talk about it, it in the parrot room. I want to know what Mike Isakoff's podcast says about this because uh, he he had a, apparently a very good, like nine part series on Khashoggi, pointing out it was all much more complicated than we thought. I mean, he was playing footsie with all sides, apparently. Well, then I yeah, say be, chop him up, Mickey. If he was playing no, footsie Bob, with all Bob, sides, he always leaped to the. <laughs> extreme conclusion. Okay. Andy Mickey conclusion. Go ahead. Sorry. A, so, Sorry. It, no, my my instinct, my first thought is: Was this woman a plant all along? Did you lure Khashoggi to his death? Ooh, uh, and, that's good. Uh, I like on, that. You know, on, under orders from MBS, and now she's continuing to follow orders from MBS. Huh. I like that. Let's go with that. Let's one. see what Isakov <laughs> has to say about this. He has he has slightly better instincts than I do. 
Uh, in fact, much, hasn't much, he? Hasn't he? Much better. Much better instincts. Hasn't he I, renounced his connection to RussiaGate? He has renounced part of it. Uh, yes, that's what I was thinking. He still has much better instincts than I do. But um, well, not many RussiaGate enthusiasts have kind of said, "Okay, I got some of this wrong." Right? You got to give him credit for that. I do. He's we an do. honest guy. Yeah, we we do. Uh, but um, but anyway, that's that's very interesting. It it rings false to me. Somebody chopping up into little pieces, I wouldn't forgive them. Just saying. It, it, it does seem weird, right? Now, I haven't even read the thing. They may have taken it out of context, but what I, I mean, first of all, it's hard to believe that he actually would. If you're the person who's chopped up, no way. So I don't know where, <laughs> you know, I don't know where, look, look, I suppose she's in better position to judge than me, but I got to say this whole thing. Oh, maybe, well, she, maybe she doesn't want to get chopped up, you know? I don't think it's that. I don't think she has okay, to worry about you just that. Don't that have the cons- suspicious. You don't have the conspiratorial mind. Not quite. Well, actually, blame, I do. We'll talk about that in the paragraph. You blame I everything do. on a failure of cognitive empathy. I blame a conspiracy. I do. Um, by the way, also, on this Saudi thing, here, here's another, oh, uh, a related conspiracy theory. Okay, so you're familiar familiar with this Saudi-sponsored golf tour that's now trying to steal players from the PGA and ultimately destroy the PGA. It seems to be a whitewashing effort, a reputation-washing effort by MBS. It's being paid for by the Saudi, you know, sovereign wealth funds. The Saudi government's paying for this. Um, And it turns out the Biden administration is investigating the PGA for antitrust violation because they have suspended players who who jumped. I mean, I guess they're completing the jump in a sense. These guys said, we're signing up with the Saudi league. We're playing, you know, that means they're playing 14 tournaments a year, which is yeah, pretty much, you know, the, the better part of a season for practical purposes. And so the PGA said, well, then you're suspended. Now, the Biden administration is investigating the PGA for antitrust violations. I'm not saying that's a crazy thing to do, but I am saying that given... Uh, Biden's apparent determination to suck up to Saudi Arabia in all means, always possible. He even did a fist bump with MBS. Did you see that? Supposedly, he was going to avoid the photo op where he's greeting him physically. So they, but he did they a fist avoided bump. a handshake and settled on a fist that bump. That doesn't help. That, that doesn't help. That. So um, it wasn't a hearty fist bump, but it wasn't a hostile fist bump. Now, so are are we skeptical of this antitrust? Is is this? Is Biden? That's interesting. I'm even that. I mean, I, of course, I'm skeptical. I mean, since uh, you know, since it turns out the IRS is auditing everybody on the on the whims of political higher ups, why shouldn't the antitrust division file uh, the antitrust charges? And there's a history of politicization of that too, dating back to Felix Roten and AT and T. So I I think um, there's a, a plausible alternative explanation, which is this is probably the sort of standard practice that that you know gets you sued for antitrust trust gets you investigated for antitrust violation yeah probably a probably a textbook case if you block an uber driver from also driving from lyft they're going to be investigating that right the slightly they don't odd, do that, the slightly odd thing about this as an antitrust case i'm not saying it's it's crazy as an antitrust case but the 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 wrinkle that, and i can't figure out you know, how this should figure into the logic of an antitrust case is that in truth, this rival league, it's LIV in capital letters, which means 45 in Roman numerals, but people are just calling it live. It's because it's the 45 that is apparently the basis of it. Uh, it's no, the 45th wait, it's, it's, anniversary it's 50, of what? Yeah, it's 54. It's 54. It's the 54th Sorry. anniversary of what? It's, they played 54 holes instead of 72. Fascinating. Oh, okay. uh, but is. the... Uh, but the funny thing is, normally in an antitrust case, the, the company being accused is constraining the competitive activity of a rival company. But in this case, the, the Live League is not in any meaningful sense a rival commercial enterprise. They're not going to make money. They're, they're paying ridiculous quantities. Of, they're just showering these guys in money. They have almost no revenue. I suppose there's a super long shot chance that they could just ultimately blow the PG out of the water, lower the amount they're paying these guys, 
and then break even in 12 years or something. But that's a long shot. For practical purposes, it doesn't make sense to think of this as a commercial enterprise. There, I, I still think I don't think it matters if they if they if they could destroy the PGA. Why wouldn't that be a their rivals? Or, you know, I don't think it's I don't think I don't think antitrust is you have they, to look at the rivals. profit sheet and see if somebody's going to make a profit anyway. I don't they think are rivals. Probably. It's just that ordinarily in an antitrust case, like with Microsoft and Netscape, the idea is Netscape is this company, and if we want the magic of the of the marketplace to work companies that have a good product should be able to do well. Well, this isn't a company. It's not even, they're not even trying to make money. It's just a guy, it's just a guy who has access to billions and billions of dollars trying to, to uh, whitewash his reputation after he had a guy chopped up. Uh, I just don't think that, that makes a difference. The, uh, my grandmother used to put on a classical chamber music series in Los Angeles called the Music Guild. It's still alive. And she would get guys like the Juilliard, the top string quartets, for a very small amount, like two thousand bucks or something, then this place called Ambassador College, which was never going to make money, started spending millions of dollars to lure chamber music acts across town, uh, and they the Juilliard suddenly started charging hundreds of thousands of dollars, and my grandmother couldn't compete. Did, did my grandmother? Did it matter to my grandmother whether the Ambassador College was making money or not? No, the damage is the same. It, there's some acts that are per se violations. Regard, regardless of sort no, of but all th these things. This is different. In this case, the one being accused is the one who is making money, at least now. And the one who's 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 supposedly the right. victim company is not really a company. They're not they are not part of the but marketplace. I think the victims are the uh are the golfers. Well, there's that too. Uh and it's in like, that sense, it's like baseball's re reserve clause it, case, which yeah. famously Led yeah, to like, the current free like, agent concept. It's like when Steve Jobs used to send an email to a rival company saying, "Why are you recruiting this guy? I'm mm -hmm. just going to have to pay him more." Well, yeah, no, who's the I victim mean, there? The victim is the guy that Steve Jobs stops from getting a job offer. Yeah, no, that that is the stronger case. Now there is already a viable rival league. The European League is a real commercial endeavor, and these guys can play for the European League. But my, I would just close by saying I repeat my my call to the PGA. If you're listening, Jay, whatever the name of the head of the PGA is, I'm going to say this one more time and one more time only. If you can get people to refer to this rival golf circuit as the bone saw golf circuit, <laughs> all your worries are over. I mean, seriously. No, because the, the widow has, the widow has uh, forgiven she, everybody. She, she says that Jamal would forgive the rival golf circuit uh, if he were right. alive today. Right, he would be playing on. I, he didn't look um, like a golfer to me, but you never know. A lot of people yeah. don't. So you were making a transition as if we had important things to talk about. We have yet to talk about anything important, and how far are we into this? Let's go ahead and set a record. Abortion is important. It's, it does seem to be damaging the Republicans, as predicted, uh, and rightly so. Oh, does it? Is there evidence? Uh, it's mild. Yeah, there, there were the you know the the generic ballot is. Uh, the generic ballot is narrowing, and there's some. There are a couple recent ones that have the Democrats ahead. Now, you know the trick with the generic ballot is the Democrats are always ahead. So if the Democrats are two points ahead, it's really tied. Uh, the, the Democrats have to be way ahead to be really ahead. And what's the number uh, they, this time? Uh, well, the, it's hard to tell. The number is the Republicans are ahead, but that's on the basis of the older polls. Once they drop out, it'll be about even, I think. Uh, you know, there are all these things, um, there are all these forces conspiring to, as we talked about this a bit last week, conspiring to deny Democrats, the die Republicans, their, their obvious gimme layup of winning the midterms. One is, uh, this abortion thing. The other is if inflation abates, and we can talk about that. Uh, but some of the core indexes seem to be going down. Not all of them, but uh, the Fed. The Fed maintains one that's supposed to track for inflation, like moment by moment, mm -hmm. and that one is apparently going down. The others good. are the others are not going down. Um, today was a good news day on a slightly different front, but the Dow went up hundreds of points because the consumer spending number was robust. Oh, okay. Um, the, and the um, the third thing is the Republicans have nothing to say if inflation. Does go down. They're 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 even avoiding uh, 
you know, ho- obvious hot button issues like crime, wokeism, immigration, because they want to cut an amnesty deal later because they're sellouts. And the, the biggest thing is uh, Trump has now confirmed this week that he wants to declare and he wants to declare before the midterms. So that, that, that you know, has to cost the, the Republicans another few percentage points. You mean so the fact were, that he's saying he's going to declare will? Or, or, yeah, or it, the, makes the, it makes the race about Trump. It means here, here the Republicans are trying to ignore Trump and make it about the inflation. And, and all of a sudden Trump comes in and, and the Democrats say, you like Trump or not like Trump? If you don't like Trump, you better vote Democratic. Well, isn't, that will have some traction. Isn't it possible, possible that all the January 6th publicity has made the generic ballot question more about Trump yeah, I think than it otherwise true, would too. be? I think that's true, too. And we could talk about January 6th, too. So which do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about January 6th a little. Did, did uh, So this week's hearing wasn't revelatory because the thing it focused on had been pretty well reported in the media, I gather. But it's still worth noting that in what, December, I don't know, 18th or something, late December, Trump was very seriously considering having the military seize the ballot boxes. Which... Well, I, I, yes, but on the other hand, there are all these people saying this was the turning point when he was at the end of it. He sent out a tweet saying, come on January 6th, it'll be wild at the end of this tumultuous meeting. Uh, yep. and uh, But also at the end of it, he decided not to call out the military. So, it, it, you know, it, 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 it's evidence of his... Uh, of his bad judgment, but also, thank God, some vestige of good judgment. Uh, so right. uh, it, 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 they sort of ignore that part, and they focus on the tweet. Then he sends out the tweet, and some crazy oath keepers you know, interpret this as, this means you must go kill everybody in the Capitol, and somehow Trump is to blame for them coming to that interpretation. That, that's the key disconnect they still have in bridge. The fact that Trump tweets this, and they interpret it as a call to violence, does not mean Trump meant it as a call to violence or that by any re- reasonable uh, definition of the term, it was a call to violence. Well, but meanwhile, um, I mean, first of all, as for him deciding not to send the troops out to seize ballot boxes, that apparently took six hours to convince him. This meeting lasted six hours. Well, he it started with Michael Flynn and, 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 and what's her name? The crazy lawyer woman. Uh, and and the head oh. of Overstock.com, yeah, Sidney Powell, trying to, they somehow wormed their way in the Oval Office and they're trying to convince him to do this. And then sensible people hear about this and they descend on him. And then Rudy gets involved and it takes six hours to convince Trump this is a bad idea. Okay, but you're right. He finally agrees it. Well, I think what he concludes is it won't work. And, 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 uh, but, but anyway, the, uh, so then he sends this tweet, but I mean, it's not as if this tweet is the only evidence that Trump intended to use January right. 6th to actually subvert the process. What's, what's the other evidence? Well, it's just been slowly accumulating in the course of uh, these hearings. And in fact, uh, I would say for one thing, I mean, one, one little data point is that, that I think emerged from this week's hearing uh, is that in Trump's speech, one of the lawyers, um, Hirschman, is that his name? What's his name? Uh, is there a lawyer named? Uh, yeah, Hirschman. There is. There is. Um, had them take the references to Mike Pence out of the speech. So Trump gets a draft, I guess, of the speech. It has all the references uh, to Mike Pence out of them. Lawyer says, bad idea. Trump insists on reinserting one or two references and then ad libs like another half dozen. Okay. Uh, well, he wanted, is, it's pretty clear. He wanted to put pressure on Mike Pence. Right. The, the, and, and it's well, but it's, that's what we're it, talking about. Right. But it's no, but it's, but, but if you have, you might want to put pressure on Mike Pence by saying we have a hundred thousand people outside and they all disagree with you and they're chanting and you want to piss these people off. It's not that they're going to storm well, the well, Capitol. Exactly. Isn't that, that an attempt to subvert the, the, the constitutional no, like danger? Sa- what do you call that? If he wants to, no, because he was convinced. It, you know it, it, that assume it's a crime to have this interpretation of the Constitution that Pence has no authority. We're about to pass a law to make it clear. Okay, it implies it's a little unclear now. You don't convince people. 
convict people of crimes for something that's not clear. If it's clear that he wanted Pence to do something that was wrong, which you could you could prove it was wrong, you know that the, the, the electors were fairly elected. Uh, sure, that but you know the, you want to show that Trump intended them to be violent, and that's oh. the link they have. So the best their best evidence is this Bannon phone call the day before, but they don't have that yet. Which is that what? would be good evidence. What? So they know there was a phone call between Trump. Yes, and Bannon? they know there was a phone call on the fifth. After which Bannon went on the radio and said, "It's not going to go down like you think it's going to go down, people. It's you know, it's it, all sorts of things implying that there's going to be something very not mm-hmm. just it's going to be wild, but something very dramatic. This is I think this is after talking to Trump. So that's what did he say to Trump? That's uh, this is before Trump gives the speech. That's um, right. That's, and uh, Trump. And that Trump, seems like that's the crucial evidence they don't have. Well, fine. But to get back to Pence, I mean. Yeah, I would love to know what that is. As you know, I've long thought Bannon is central to this. If yeah. only in the obvious sense that, I mean, his public activity makes him uh, central as a practical matter. Uh, the question of what he was doing behind the scenes only, uh, you know, adds to the intrigue. But the um, as for Pence, I mean, there's there's two there's two reasons you could uh, indict Trump, at least in the in the moral sense. Um, one is as you said, to try to get Pence to do something illegal. The other is to get Pence to decide how he's going to, what he's going to do under physical coercion, under threat, under physical threat. Okay. Yeah. So so it is significant that after they breached the Capitol, Trump is not only not doing anything to stop it, which was within his power, he is tweeting that incredibly inciting tweet about basically saying he, Mike Pence is a traitor. Okay? I agree that that's evidence. Okay, be, but you you what you you ideally want evidence of his state of mind before then because he could just say, "Oh, they're they're going after Mike Pence." Yeah. Well, good for them. I mean, you, you, I suddenly you, realized they're going after Mike Pence. So you you, you, you you have to you have to rule out that possibility. You would like as much evidence as possible, but I thought I heard you earlier saying, "Well, all they've got is this tweet from December eighteenth or nineteenth when he says, come see me on January 6th. No, no I mean, that's we have uh, seen that's the all accumulation have, of all kinds all they have, of circumstances. That's all they have out of that meeting. Yeah, and, well, and that's I, and I think I think I, that's what we were talking about. I I think I think um, there's there may be a charge that do, doesn't require that much proof, which is. Uh, a, a conspiracy to disrupt a, a, or, a you know the 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 constitutional duties, and that doesn't mean you 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 necessarily want that could just encompass you know postpone it, delay it, mm, you know, fuck it up. But uh, you know, but the the, the the I mean, this this is all irrelevant. We already have enough to know that he should never be president again. We already have enough to know. <laughs> Some of us had we, that six we, years we already, ago. I know we already have enough to impeach him. Uh, we uh they're probably not going to charge him so who cares and and the big thing is they're damaging him further and so mm-hmm. that, that's i mean that's all true well as a as a political matter that's very important if they're damaging yeah. him there is yeah. a separate question of what did he do what could he be convicted of doing but i just want to say one more thing on this which it only occurred to me today and and i must be the last person in america for this insight to dawn on, and it wasn't even mine. I heard somebody else say it on a podcast, but it really hadn't occurred to me. I mean, you know, w- when he was sitting there in the White House while all hell is breaking loose in Congress on January 6th, and and people, have, you know, kind of thought like, what was going on in his head? Why didn't he do something to stop it? Oddly, I'm sure you've thought of this and everybody else has, but today was the first day I, I thought, well, he still thought uh, he was in it. It was working. He, he's like, okay, we've delayed the vote. Uh, this is the plan. We've disrupted the vote, and we're gonna and, and we're gonna keep disrupting it. And, and like he didn't have a clear idea of how it's gonna unfold. I'm sure Bannon had a clearer one, but but he's like, yeah, let's go with it. it it's 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 working so far. Uh, this is part of the plan. I mean, he 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 had not given up at that point. I had never before seriously thought that he still hadn't given up on remaining president, but he he probably hadn't. I I I I'm like you. I thought I thought he'd give it up at that point, but you're right. He might not have. He might not have. What did he? What the the, the key question? Uh, obvious key question is, what did he want to do when he got to the Capitol? We still don't know. We still don't know very much about that. Bannon may know, 
Rudy, Rudy may know. He he talked about how the president's going to be there in the House and talking to the members. And it's, at, at some point, at some point, he's going to say, "Okay, you don't, you won't go along with me. Release the Kraken and people storm the Capitol." I mean, what was you know? It, uh, it honestly would not shock me if his plan was to say, "Okay, now let's go in and tell them in person how we feel and lead them into the Capitol." That would not shock me. Nothing. No, that wouldn't would shock me, me at all. I mean, very little would shock me. Him strangling Mike Pence with his bare hands might shock me. Yeah, he's germaphobic. He would he would have somebody else do yeah, it. Also, uh, he can't reach you for the clavicle. You don't want to reach for the clavicle. <laughs> he would never throat. reach for somebody's clavicle. No, there's no testimony um, to that effect. Um, uh, so um, anyway, uh, I, I just I, I you know I just think that as usual they they they've made progress. They certainly damaged him a lot. But the press has to go that extra step further and make more of it than there is. He did not. We do not have evidence he sent the mob to ransack the Capitol. The evidence he sent the mob. We don't know what they were doing there. There was a permit for an event, so they have to make a big deal. The press has to make a big deal of this march. This march was illegal, but there was a rally planned at the other end. So, uh, and they knew that there was going to be a march, and they knew it was illegal. They were trying to hide it from the park police. Obviously, if you have a million people on the mall and an event on Capitol Hill, they're going to march to Capitol Hill. I mean, duh. Uh, you know, so so they well, don't have a permit. Was this the first? Was the first formal appeal? I mean, first out loud appeal to do that during the speech? Like, like the, it wasn't already the plan? I mean, wasn't I Bannon it, saying, it, "Then we'll go to the Capitol"? Or I, Bannon may have been saying it, but that's used as, as that's used as a ha. We got you. You did intend to march to the Capitol. Uh, all along. Well, yeah, obviously. There was another rally there. Of course, they're going to march to the Capitol. I just don't think he has to show that he wanted them to march to the Capitol and attack the Capitol. Which is entirely plausible. It's just they don't have that evidence. And people yeah. assert that they did. And they and they make a big deal of the march when the march is... The march is just a march. He wanted them to march, yeah. But they were, you know... So are you saying the march was technically illegal? Because they didn't, they needed some permit. Well, to they march needed across. a permit. Yeah, mm. I mean, but that that yeah, it's true of half the anti war marches I've ever been on. You you have a million people and you decide to go somewhere. That's a march, you know. Yeah, you don't have a permit. Uh, the uh, no, I don't think we can lock him up to that. But anyway, it it it, um, it does seem to be doing its work in terms of driving down his uh, support. So uh, I guess I, I you know I would I I, I have to say that. They're doing God's work, uh, much as I hate to admit it. In other words, helping not, DeSantis I be did, the nominee. That, that's what they're doing. Yeah, well, or, yeah, that's the most likely outcome, but it, it could be anybody else. I mean, that's I mean, the irony is they probably, the Democratic candidate would probably have a better chance of beating Trump, but it's not a risk I want to take. I'm just happy to sideline yeah, in but, and um, see what happens. Byron York had the great crazy idea. That's Which so crazy. is that it just yeah. might work. That it just might work. You know, Pelosi thought you could impeach Trump after he was president. So go ahead, impeach him again, right now. Have a trial, uh, impeach him, forbid him from running for office again. But you can't impeach him. It would him pass. He got 57 Republican votes last time. It might get 66 this time. How can, you can impeach somebody who's no longer president? That's crazy. They, she, I think she made that argument. She that's certainly crazy. wants to get. She certainly tried to convict somebody who wasn't no longer president. He was impeached on the 13th of January. By the time they had the trial, he was no longer president. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's just a, a, another extension of that logic to mm -hmm. say that you could impeach. Is that, that's why it's an idea so crazy. But I think if you bought Pelosi's most extreme arguments, this would be possible. Yeah. I would just... Uh stick with these hearings, drag them out, do an episode every 10 days or so. and Well, they're obviously going to drag them up right until the election. I would hope. I mean, I mean But they got to keep coming up with good stuff. If, they, you know, if, if, if the plot starts to trail off, they're, they're not helping themselves. Well, the, the plot's already started to trail off after Cassidy Hutchinson, but um, we have, uh, we have Bannon. It? Bannon's... Bannon's going to do something. But do you think he'll speak openly? I mean, the trouble is, he's a, he's a hostile witness. He's not going. He's not going to rat on Trump. Now, Pat Cipollone could be interesting. Well, he's already testified, but not. We haven't seen any of it, have we? No, but if anything, anything dramatic would leave. 
the key the key thing there is they didn't you know his testimony uh he he was allegedly uh had some testimony to give that might have contradicted Cassidy Hutchinson about the about the blow up at the in the in the van at the Secret Service, uh, and uh, and uh, they didn't ask him about it because they learned ahead of time that he he wasn't going to he didn't remember it and they didn't want anything that contradicted Cassidy Hutchinson their star witness so they just didn't ask about it that's not good faith uh, uh, you know investigate mm-hmm. sorry. Um, so, Mickey, do you know how many times? Probably hasn't more than happened more than a couple of times, but I have said it has happened at least twice on this podcast. I have said in the course of just ranting about Joe Manchin, I'd throw in, and you know, if it weren't for him, we could tax the rich. And you always say, no, no, he's in favor of taxing the rich. And yet, Mickey. This week, well, he, he sabotaged a Democratic attempt to tax the rich. Did he not? It, it, I don't quite understand it. Uh, he, he changed his mind about taxing the rich and spending on green energy, blah, blah, a bunch of subsidies to support uh, fighting climate change. And how is taxing the rich inflationary? I don't quite understand it. It's, it's the like opposite it's, of inflationary. If you, like, don't, yeah. if you don't, if you don't, especially and, if you don't and, spend and, the money. And if the overall package is adds to the surp, you know, is anti-deficit, it adds to the surplus or creates totally. a surplus. How is it inflationary, even no. if it involves a bit of spending? Yeah, no, uh, spending I don't quite without, understand that. Spending without getting commensurate revenue is inflationary. Deficit spending. This is. I get. I guess you could argue that the the uh, the revenue raising is off in the future, and the spending is right now, and inflation is right now. So it'll be inflationary right now. Uh, you know, e- even if you know inflationary expectations are lowered by some tax increases in the future, that may never happen if the Republicans back get back in power. Well, so, is that what um, these would have been off in the future? I don't know. I'm just speculating why his position might be at all plausible. On the other hand, if the Democrats just bite their tongue and pass the things he's willing to pass, that'd be pretty successful. If you look back on, you know, it, it would. Completely seems to be destroy any idea that it was a do nothing Congress or that we're in permanent polarized par- paralysis. Uh, they would have passed the you know, the the stimulus bill, the infrastructure bill, uh, a little bit of gun control, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Medicare. The big components that he's willing to pass are some giving Medicare power to negotiate drug prices. I don't particularly like that, but it's a big thing. And and uh, the the fifth thing is this uh, AC fix on the Obamacare, which is not really quite a victory because it's fixing a flaw in the in the bill that was in Obamacare that was there from the beginning, arguably the Democrats' fault. So they're just going back and repairing their own mistakes. But it's not nothing, you know. No, and so are the, the Democrats are not going to do that. They're not going to just take. No, I think they, they will do that. I think they will try to do that. Then Manchin may double cross them again, but they're going to try to do that. But the, the point is that that's another factor that could help them in the midterm mm-hmm. if they actually calm down and instead of railing against Manchin, say, okay, we have another solid chunk of achievement here. We're getting things done. Reelect us, we'll get some more done. I mean, that's, that's not a crazy uh, pitch, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. The, uh, um, so, so what, uh, what else? What about this crazy Elon Musk? I still hold out hope that he's just trying to uh, negotiate down the price. As as the venom flies, it becomes harder and harder to believe that that's actually going to happen. Well, it's clearly in the interest of everybody to settle at a slightly lower figure. Otherwise, the only people there to get get the money are the lawyers. Well, no, and, I mean, and, Twitter, and Twitter's going to be degraded, you know. And no. It, now, here's the thing. I mean, one one thing I hadn't really understood until recently is that, you know, this idea that he can pay them a billion and walk away from the deal, that's not really true. He can only do that under certain, cer- he only has even that option under certain circumstances. It's not clear those circumstances apply. So what he may be negotiating for is the ability to just pay them two and a half billion and walk away. He, the, Twitter may demand that to let him even walk away. So 
Um, I, thought, I, I thought that the, the chances that the court would require him to actually purchase it, so-called specific performance, were were small. Uh, I think they're not high. On the other hand, there was a New York Times op-ed yesterday from somebody making the case that, you know, it happens and they should do it. Now, if they did it, uh, then the only negotiation left to be had would be how much he pays them to just walk away. Because then if he does the deal, he's got to pay the, 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 whatever it is, 5421. Is 421 the marijuana number? Can you believe <laughs> that he picks these? I mean, this is real money we're talking about. You know, you, 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 you know, there's a lot of shares when you add it up to pick the number you offer to pay them on the basis of whether it, 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 it is the official, you know, code for marijuana. That's kind of nuts. Anyway, uh, the, so where was I? Um, anyway, he, I think there's a chance that they'll, that they'll force him. You know, it's, this is, I think, not a jury trial, right? It's just a judge. These judges specialize in They're corporate very stuff. They're very yeah. experienced. And, um, and I think it, it sounds like a case. Uh, this is Delaware, right? I mean, corporate stuff is their business. And I think some of these judges feel like, you know, every once in a while, you got to send a message that we're not joking around. You, you, you sign a contract, blah, blah, blah. This is a prominent, high-profile case. Good time to a perfect opportunity to send a message. Wouldn't totally shock me if they compelled him to go through with the deal at the at the agreed upon price. Then he's got to either do that or pay Twitter more than a billion to walk away. I certainly hope he ends up with Twitter because it's or or destroys Twitter in the process of this lawsuit because destroys. It, the, the, you don't want Twitter destroyed. Well, something else will crop up to take its place, and presumably it might have less censorship. I don't think it's a hard technology. To a device now, now that Twitter has done it, uh, it just has the first mover uh, advantage. So, uh, but you know, the, the Twitter is back to its old ways, and uh, well, what's it censoring? Uh, the same thing that's always censored, I think. Uh, you know, green stuff, climate denial, uh, you know, transphobia. See, but the untold uh, story is that when every it comes week there's another one. When it comes to foreign policy, it's if anything right wing, or at least hawkish censorship. Well, that's I, bad I, too. Yeah, that's I, the I think I alluded to this in the um, in the parrot room last week. But the um, there was this uh, guy named I think McLeod who wrote a piece about this in in, in uh, Mint Press, which is actually one of these organizations that periodically get gets kicked off of these places because it's kind of a, you know, lefty, hard left. Anyway, uh, he argues, and I, it seems like he knows what he's talking about, uh, that more and more Facebook and Twitter is hiring, you know, to help them do their content moderation, this, that. They're hiring former FBI agents. I think partly because they want to make sure they stay in the good graces of the U.S. government. If the U.S. government says, hey, these guys are terrorists, they want to err on the side of compliance. But anyway, he gave an example. This is the part I think I mentioned last week in the parrot room. Uh, first, Facebook, you know, there were these, there was a, an election in Nicaragua. There were these pro-Sandinista accounts. And the and Twitter, uh, no, Facebook declares that they're bots and kicks them off the platform. Then all these people show up on Twitter with videos of themselves saying, I'm a Nicaraguan. I'm not a bot. I was, you know, I'm the real thing. I was kicked off of Facebook. And Twitter kicks them all off, supposedly, according to this guy's story. But, you know, you also see uh, Facebook more than complying with government requirements about terrorist organizations in terms of like, you know, when Trump, when Trump declares uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard terrorist organization, which was, you know, everybody thought this is weird. It's a, it's a state military outfit, but he did it. Facebook complied with that in a heartbeat, but but Facebook goes further and and they they pick people that that the government hasn't declared terrorists and just for good measure they kick them off the platform. All of this bears watching. Um, and, I, and I worry that Elon Musk won't watch that part. You know who has a very healthy uh, and very clear line on Musk and censorship and why he's needed at Twitter? David Sachs, your friend. 
I, the, I just uh, had him on my podcast. Right. I watched like the this. podcast. Yeah. I watched the podcast. You're like this. It's not publicized on your site. I, I, I have to go like Google it. What do you mean it's not publicized on I your went site? To, I went to non-zero. I couldn't find it. It's not there, I don't think. Well, on my newsletter, on non-zero newsletter? Yeah, it's, anyway. it's on the non-zero podcast feed and and uh, okay non-zero YouTube channel should be everywhere. Anyway, it's a very good interview, but but um, you didn't get into his views on Musk on censorship, and also, uh, I wonder what he thinks of the merger. You should go back and ask him. I think he was pro merger, just judging by things he had said on his own. Podcast. I think it was too. Yeah. I heard him on I heard him on the all in podcast. He had podcast. ideas about, you know, how uh Musk could cut costs and stuff. And also I heard him on uh Barry Weiss's podcast. And listen, I hate to hear myself even say what I just heard myself say, which is that I listened to Barry Weiss's podcast, but I did, and and he was talking about um, you know, speech codes, deplatforming. And he actually has uh this is David Sachs, he actually has, you know, well thought out. He's looked into the whole issue of free speech, and it sounds like he has clear ideas about how you would go about policing speech on a platform in a in a, in a way that you know is guided by basic principles and, and and so on. It wouldn't be like, I mean, Musk himself when they ask him about this stuff, he he's like, well. You know, if it was really bad, you probably wouldn't let that on. You know, it was like incredibly vague and, and ill thought out. Musk seems to be winging it, yes, even if he's not. Um, he, he, Sachs is so impressive. I mean, he's right on foreign policy. He's right on censorship. He should run for president. The, the, you know, we'll fill in the rest of his platform for him. But, you know, he can just, you know, emphasize those things. And uh, and he's he talks clearly. He's a sensible person. Seems balanced. Way too balanced to run for president, of course. Uh, he's rich; he could fund himself. Um, uh, he, uh, you know, he—he—he. He, 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 they're very, they're very few heroes in our time, Bob. He's a hero. A comment on YouTube. A commenter on YouTube actually said that same thing under the podcast. Why doesn't this guy run for president? Was that you? No. No, but you know, you're listening to these these people on. Uh, on his all-in podcast, blabber, 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 and he comes in and he's like the voice of reason and clarity. So, uh, well, he's clearly kind of the alpha on that podcast. Luis, the alpha, really? Yeah, well, he's the, he's the only one whose name is actually mentioned in the lead into the podcast in the like kind of musical intro thing. That's because you can't; they can't pronounce the other guy's name. Jason Calacanis. No, I just guy. did. There's several guys. There's a bunch of guys. Uh, the guy was going to run for governor of California. Hmm. And that's it. Um, Wasn't that you? No, that was Senate. Um, um, uh, so the, so the what guy else? was an Asian uh, sounding name. It was Ukraine. Um, well, the, the, um, there's a, the one little bit of congressional cleanup is uh, they, they've decided to push through this massive chip subsidy you know, uh, apart from that, it was embedded in this overall competitiveness bill. I don't know what else was in the bill, but there was a massive subsidy for the U.S. chip industry. And mm -hmm. uh, Gina Raimondo, the, chamber, the Secretary of Commerce, and others are going around issuing these incredible ultimatums. You must vote for this now or we will lose to China. The chip companies next week are going to make a decision where to put their plants for the next 10 years. If they don't have this subsidy, they're going to Europe and other countries. It's just unbelievable. Uh, maybe it's true, I guess, but it's 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 a it's a, sh a shockingly hard sell. Uh, so the idea is to subsidize chip companies, so we'll have a bunch of them in America. Yes, as far as I know, not completely crazy. I no. mean, uh, you know, it's it, things like this tend to go awry in in you know when you start formulating kind of. Industrial policy, in any sense, it becomes you know it gets enmeshed in the political sausage making process and so on. But uh, why well, somebody know, else? Think, yeah, somebody else comes up with a better ship, and you're committed to the old technology with fifty billion dollars, so you're slow to adapt. You know that sort of thing. Well, I'll tell you who's wishing that they had subsidized ship companies to locate there is Russia. Um, you know they've got. 
I think, one chip factory of any magnitude. And there's a lot of chips they'd like to be getting for their weapons that some of which I think they're having trouble. I, I assume China is helping them out. And that's big time help when it comes to chips. But there are definitely some Western sources they've been relying on that aren't aren't open to them now. They have, they're in the process of chasing away all their tech talent, I assume. Well, my impression, yeah. My impression from our guy who left uh, and talking okay. to my friend who was a Russian emigre, the word has gone out. Leave now while you can. Uh, you know, even if you're not directly threatened, they're going to Putin's imperial plans are going to require more manpower than he has in the field. Now he's going to have to start drafting people and restricting movements. So get out now. I don't think so he has imperial plans, if, but if just get, a, getting well, through this war he has, may, may he has, call for that. He has right. Well, yeah, whatever plans he have, any of their minimally imperials, like just a few little more like countries taking over Ukraine. Like like taking over the rest of Ukraine or maybe a, one Baltic or two, um, the um, or a land corridor. Uh, the, uh, uh, the he needs more men. Anyway, the my impression is that there's a huge brain drain. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, I mean that happened right at the beginning of the war. Some of them have gone back. There have been stories about that. Uh, partly because they have trouble, I think, getting visas to go where they would like to go including the United States, but um, but no, that's a problem. Look, it's been a problem for a long time. I mean, they lost a lot of Jewish talent right away right. as soon as the Soviet Union collapsed. Yeah. Uh, right. And, you know, just because of people escaping right. anti-Semitism. My, my Russian friend also said uh, he was very skeptical about the idea that Putin was irrational, says he's very rational, but part of his rationality is if you let him get away with something, he will then try to take something else. Sure. So, uh, but I assume, well, we I, I assume that in our, in the, in your uh, sort of uh, uh, realistic negotiations to end the Ukraine war, that will have set a limit to Putin. He will not have succeeded in taking all of Ukraine. So therefore it won't trigger this uh, voracious, what can I take next? Or I guess the argument well, would be that he's getting away with so much that he's going to look for another opportunity. Yeah, it's kind of a fine balance. I mean, on the one hand, he's unlikely to be enthusiastic about peace talks until he's gotten what I would call his kind of minimal political objectives in the sense of the minimal thing he promised at the outset that he would do to get there. He's got to take over the rest of Donetsk, that that the other one of the two Donbass provinces. Um, but yeah, the more he does succeed in taking over, the less you would, you would like, I mean, look, I, I think let's imagine that happens and I'm not confident it will. I mean, I mean, finding, finding the sweet spot where Ukraine and Russia could agree is very hard, but let's assume there is a negotiated solution in three, six months. Um, it, it it even by then will have been far from an obvious win for him. I mean, in other words, far from obvious kind of positive reinforcement. Of course, it depends on the details. How much does he keep? How how many, if any, of the sanctions are removed? It depends on a lot of things. But but you know, people are going to point out like under a lot of the scenarios, they're going to point out like, wait a second, you you know, you said NATO was the problem. Uh, you have, let's say, keeps you know part of the Donbass and and so on. Well, okay, you've extended Russia's borders, but now the Ukraine that they abut, what's left of Ukraine, is more closely tied than ever to NATO. Could even be a I, member of NATO. So I what did you accomplish? You in, got in your Sweden interview with Finland. Sachs, he said that Ukrainian neutrality was one of the obvious elements of any deal. Yeah, but see, it's very hard for Ukraine as a political matter to both let Russia keep a bunch of territory and say, oh, in addition, we'll promise to remain neutral. I think I think that's politically, uh, not that I'm an expert, that seems to me like a hard sell in Ukraine. Well, uh, oh, it I'm depends believe, how they're doing in the battlefield, right? It's that or die, then yeah. probably it's as I, I mean, appeal. 
one current scenario is, is Russia kind of barely hobbles to conquest of Donetsk because I do think these new, uh, as I mentioned in the pair room last week, these new high Mars missiles are complicating life for Russia. And the U.S. could turn up the spigot at least a little. Mm. I mean, we don't have an infinite supply, but but they could have more. So it what? could be that they slow Russia's momentum sufficiently that it just kind of barely manages to be able to say it's, oh. it's got done yet. And then at that point, they're ready to deal. I, I don't. But what are the what are the neocons want to have happened at the at one point early in the war they were saying that the goal is to defeat Russia decisively and humiliate Putin. I don't think that's happening. Have they dropped that illusion, or uh, do they still harbor it? Now, I think a lot of people still want to uh, roll back the aggression. You know, even beyond February 2022. In other words, uh, push them out of the Donbass entirely right. and conceivably try to push them out of Crimea. Now, I think the, you know, the, it, it's, I think it's impossible to do all of that without courting unacceptable risk of like nuclear war and stuff. But that's, I think that's their, their, uh, uh, a lot of them, a lot of the hawks are, are still talking that way. Supposedly, Zelensky gave an interview where he admitted they might have to give up some territory. Did he? Well, I, I sent know, you the link. It, it, you know, if if this is no way you're going to get them out of Crimea and the entirety of the Donbass again without <coughs> epic war that completely destroys Ukraine in any event, and it's just not, you know, in the cards. I mean, man, Russia does ultimately have a huge manpower advantage. You got to remember that. Uh, they would rather not go for a general mobilization, but if it, you know if the tide completely turns, uh, I'm I'm sure Putin would could could pull that off. Um, did you have other news you wanted to report? Sorry, I interrupted you uh, when you said uh, you wanted to do a Ukraine update. No, I think it's still it's it's we're in this kind of unclear stage. Uh, you know, Russia has slowed their operations kind of and and it's unclear whether they just are taking a breather as a lot of people had anticipated or it's because the high mars have had such success in destroying russian ammo depots that they're having to reconstruct their whole logistical system to accommodate that reality now that they have to keep the ammo further away from the border um it's it's not clear. I mean, they certainly haven't stopped their operations entirely, and they're still making, I think, incremental progress. But I think everybody thinks it's going to be, uh, you know, weeks at a minimum before you see a dramatic development like uh, like uh, Krematorsk, you know, the big the headquarters of uh, Ukraine's military in Donetsk. Uh, you see that fall or anything like that. Um. Okay, I, I, there, there, there's one. Uh, there so were a we're, bunch we're, of, we're close to an hour, by the way. So I know yeah, there, this this point could be dispensed with easily. Um, there there were a bunch of articles on prospects for the midterms, uh, in particular one by Sean Trend, who is the guy I maybe respect most of all the political analysts because he's the person who first called. The fact that the emerging Democratic majority wouldn't necessarily emerge, and that a guy like Trump might conceivably win. Plus, and great last name is it T R E N D? Right, T R E N D E, T R E N D E. And um, uh, so, and 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 um, there's talk about the general realignment of the parties, which we can talk about in the parrot room. Uh, the you know, with the the Republicans becoming more working class, and the Democrats be, being wine sipping virtue signalers. But um uh trans analysis, which really wasn't as piercing as his usual analysis, he claimed that the Republicans were still favored to win, which maybe they are, but it convinced me it all comes down to Arizona. And and I would like to see some polls about JD Vance in Ohio, because his opponent Ryan is running a very smart campaign where he distances himself from the Democrats. So He's sort of running as a half Trumpist. Uh, you know, Vance is running as a nine tenths Trumpist, uh, and it's not clear that Vance has such a huge advantage. So, 
It comes down to the Peter Thiel candidates. The Peter Thiel candidates will decide the fate of the Senate. Uh, assuming Blake Masters wins the Arizona primary. And I, I don't know. I, I still think that it's it's at best even odds that Masters can beat uh, okay. Greg Kelly. So I, I um, that was just my takeaway from all these pieces was it's all about Arizona. Okay. Well, I'm I assuming th- I'm assuming Herschel Walker loses. I'm assuming Dr. Oz loses. I'm, assu- I'm assuming the Nevada the Republicans win, uh, and there just aren't that many swing seats. I'm assuming that Johnson wins in Wisconsin. Uh, so uh, Arizona okay. is is the is the key thing. So soon everybody in Hollywood is going to be driving to Arizona to phone bank and knock on doors for Greg Kelly. So okay, so in the pair room, I'm going to ask oh, you about that. Greg Kelly, Kelly, I, or Kelly. Uh, I'm going to yeah. ask you a little more about. Blake Masters and that whole scenario, I think. Uh, yeah, going go to Herman Goring, we already did it. We, we did. We handled the uh, Blake Masters Nazi monster question mark headline. Yeah. Um, so what I, more is Once you on know that. he's a Nazi monster, what, what, is, a Nazi, what is there? Once you know he's not a Nazi monster, what more do you need? Or that. Uh, so... I want to. I will. I will uh, reveal my Atlantic uh, conspiracy theory and and uh, uh, involving uh, Jeffrey Goldberg. And, as long uh, as it doesn't involve Jeffrey Goldberg, I was. Uh, I can guarantee you it will involve Jeffrey Goldberg. And uh, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I, I. I mean, you know, why don't I talk about the British Open? We're already on the subject of golf. Yeah. It's the British Open. I'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, I'll talk and maybe more about the live golf circuit. It's a fascinating story. It really, the intersection, it's a, it's a new kind of intersection of sports and politics, I think. Anyway. I don't even uh, know what you're talking about, so. This golf thing. I, I, I wait. You wait, wait my with, insights, as always. With, with eager anticipation. They're fascinating. Um, uh, we have uh, Starbucks clothing store, closing stores. Uh, are, they, are they themselves to blame? We have uh, a Bob-friendly... Uh, Topic of Biden not taking military force against Iran off the table as the Iran negotiations come to a climax. On the contrary, I do want to talk about that. He signed, he guaranteed Israel in writing that he's willing to attack Iran uh, if necessary. Yeah. Um, We have some exciting developments, alarming developments in the in the Nairu, the N A I R U, the non-accelerating rate of unemployment. not selling inflation rate of unemployment. Um, I'm sure you'll want to tune in for that. Uh, we have, uh, if that doesn't work, we have not the Hunter Biden laptop, but the Hunter Biden cloud, Bob, even racier than the Hunter Biden laptop, so racy that it was suppressed by 4chan. Okay, <laughs> so, that's pretty racy. That is pretty racy. Um, uh, Hunter cloud. Um, we have uh, uh, the uh, Iraqi pr- prime minister saying, uh, you know, when Biden w- meets with me, this is sort of like a phony foreign policy piece, but when Biden meets with me, he's going to be meeting the leader at, of a democratic, multi-ethnic parliamentary government. Okay. Mm-hmm. If that is true, does that mean the Iraq war was worth it? I think he will dissent. I don't know, but I think Iraq it was more multi-ethnic than George Bush realized when he decided to invade. That's for sure. Uh, um, the yeah. Uh, and yeah, and 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 speaking of which, I, I want to talk a little more about the Saudi Arabia uh, sucking up stuff, and um, the uh, which is not unrelated to golf, happily. Rare instance of golf geopolitics synergy that I'm just reveling in. Um, oh, do it a little bit of media criticism. Complain about an unbelievably bad Washington Post headline. Uh, and then, you know, you and I have long been promising to explain why the word agency drives both of us crazy as often used. And we didn't even know if we're talking about the same thing. We haven't even compared notes. There's a reason I, the word often annoys me and a reason the word often annoys you. We'll find out for the same reason. I'd, I'd love to know why it annoys me because I haven't figured it out yet. Um, 
Uh, well, through the clarifying effect of our unique conversational style, Mickey. Maybe a make, little, maybe a little discussion of breakfast tacos. Uh, followed oh, by an, uh, Jill. Jill. Eat, yeah. yeah explain by, to me what the faux pas was there. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay so we'll Jill. Okay, Jill. Breakfast tacos. Uh, Jill Biden and breakfast tacos. Uh, onto an equally appetizing uh, issue of fertilizer, and is that why the Sri Lankan government fell because they were trying to stop using organic fertilizer, fertilizer, folks? Uh, and uh, the unbelievable bloat of Joe Biden's government. Okay, we got a lot of things. Can we stop? <clears throat> I mean, we're not going to get to all this. You got to, you got to exercise some discipline here. All right. And also, and that last one, I got to say, my from, point. from my ob objective standpoint, the last one sounded kind of boring. Why don't we take that off the list? We're well it's over an, old, an hour. We got to go. It's an old Washington monthly point. Yeah. Well, mm. when things are, when, when there are 560 employees in the executive office of the president, uh, it runs less efficiently than when they're at 260. Okay, good. We've covered that then. Okay. All right. I thought you'd say that. Uh, so anything actually, I don't want to use the word interesting, but, you know, sexier than government bloat? Music? There's nothing sexier than the Hunter Biden cloud, Bob. No, that's good. That part's good. Pretty much sex from start We'll lead to with that. We'll lead with that, folks. So you go to the Parrot Room, patreon.com slash Parrot Room, and right away you are in the Hunter Biden cloud. Virtually doing the things that Hunter Biden did. Okay? We'll be it's weighing like, our crack and flossing our teeth. And Mickey's going to go back to flossing. I think that's time to press the stop button. See you in the parrot room. 